Anthony could feel his blood whining. He sat in the bleachers watching the game and shifted uncomfortably in his seat. A kid had hit a ball with the bat, and now everyone was running around excited, and Anthony couldn't keep it straight, even though he read the rules over and over again and watched that YouTube video all the way to the end. That friendly boy about his age in the supermarket had invited him to the game. After randomly chatting about the massive amount of gum Anthony was there to buy, and Anthony wanted so badly to talk to someone that was not just in his head, that he had said, yes, I'll come. Even though it was not a great idea to be outside for too long. And he was already pushing it with the gum. After arriving at the field, Anthony felt stupid for thinking that he might get to talk to anyone. The boy was playing what was called first base. Anthony removed the baseball playing field diagram he had drawn at home, trying to make sense of the shortstop. Going outside rarely ended well for Anthony, and this field was far, far away from the medical clean room in the basement on Rainbow Boulevard that he usually hung out in, where his beloved PlayStation, mini-fridge, and bean chairs were. Outside is the place where his episodes happen. Outside is the place where his blood runs hot. Outside is the place where his blood wants to rush to. Where his punk blood rises and his showman's blood takes control. Where all the different kinds of blood in his veins competes to have their days in the sun. Where the true Anthony emerges. The true Anthony who was disgusting. The true Anthony, red and dripping, whose mind is a collection of wet crimson pronouncements and whose body is a pool of oxygenated glop. The true Anthony, whose bloodline comes direct and unbroken from the famous Niagara Daredevil brothers of Rainbow Boulevard. Anthony Stoke of the Niagara Falls Daredevil Stoke brothers family, the philosopher kings of falling from the falls. It was an old family of daring devils, and Anthony never wanted any part of it. But deep down, his blood did, his blood knew, and his blood would not be denied. Anthony never wanted to make a scene, but somehow he always wound up the center of attention because his blood knew he was destined for great things, and his blood wanted the best for him, whether he was comfortable with it or not. And his blood would not stop trying to get out of his body and put on a show. Anthony's blood would always come out in a rush a stream leaping perpendicularly away from his skin, a stream or a cloud of spatter that could barely be plugged with a band-aid slapped onto his skin, like how a leaky boat might be plugged. 
It was as if his internal pressure was so great that the liquid issue of any small cut would come out like a fire hose. But Anthony knew that it wasn't internal pressure or anything even like that. His blood was doing it on purpose. For laughs. His blood wanted to get away, get out, burst out of him and cover it all. The room, the world, the whole damn thing. Ever since he was a kid, he could try to hang out in public, minding his own business, until his blood exploded out of him, covering everything and everyone nearby, invariably ending any social event or public occasion until terminally confused EMS workers could extricate him. Not really sure how that's physically possible. They would always say, as they strapped him, still spraying blood from his ears or eyes, or from every part of his body in a grid to a rubber gurney. Anthony knew there was no logical explanation, and no one would ever understand or believe what his blood was really doing, what the real reason was. The situation was hopeless. He understood it was hopeless, because his blood liked to explain this to him when it spoke to him in his head with a human voice. Lake of duress, lake of little buckets, lake of furious and cyclical enumeration. There was a throbbing pain, but he felt it like a throbbing thread strung all around and through his body. His body like a mountain, riven with caverns and sinkholes, pitted and hollow in places. And in each hollow had grown a village, and in each village a collection of blood voices chattered away. He could hear them if his strength failed him for it took every ounce of energy in his mind to righteously ignore them all. His blood could speak, and it had always spoken in a low rush of voices, the loudest slightly illegible, the quietest just a wet babbling. It was one thing with many voices. It was a crowd. But whatever dominant voice rose to the top at any given moment spoke as a representative. Anthony knew it was some sort of hive mind because it always referred to itself as we. But it also acted petulant and made bad jokes as if it had taken one too many improv comedy classes. So maybe it really was just one entity who spoke like that sometimes. His circulatory system was famously belligerent and cynical, a system of tubes that ran for miles around and inside his body, delivering helpful muck and healthy ooze. Also carried his angry, sarcastic, histrionic blood. If Anthony was focused on being somewhat of a shut-in, his blood would take any opportunity to come out and perform, to be seen in a public, daring display, one that would make the devil proud. If his blood could not go over the falls, his blood would become the falls themselves. 
It would express disappointment in him and whisper existentially crushing truths. I am thousands. I am millions. I am one. I am you. It would speak about the future in a way where he was never sure if it could actually see the future or was it just trying to screw with him? It was clear his blood wanted him to be a daredevil, or at least some kind of drama queen. To be out with the night, gushing and pooling and bursting forth, seizing life and all of its delicious fecund chatter and spray, running in rivulets down a wall somewhere. His blood wanted him to at least get up in a crowd and scream, oh God, look at me, before exploding in a red bloom across the floor and walls, unfolding like a sloppy rose, drenching the tables. The blood of the devils that flowed through his veins. He never wanted to be a daredevil. Uncle Ralph was the only daredevil to break every bone in his body, even the small obscure ones, and survive. His name is still spoken in whispers. Uncle Beave was the only daredevil to never stop wearing the barrel he survived the falls in. It showed real commitment, and he now had a little commemorative statue in the alley, loved and respected all across the rainbow. And his father Mel, the transcendent, Mel wouldn't believe this talking blood stuff. Mel only had ears to hear the infinite call of the falls. While all the love from the community was nice and caused a warm feeling to fill his heart thinking about the old ladies nodding and smiling at him when he would run to the store, he wanted no part in daring, in deviling. He wanted no part in being seen, in being seen to dare devil against fate and gravity. He just wanted to read books and maybe write letters one day. Unseen, inside, and not go outside, which, thanks to him, was often a bloodbath. I will cook, I will reach the feet of the spider, I will splatter, I will send your funeral. He could feel it coming, the voice. The voices, he quickly scanned around the bleachers, looking for the route that would get the least blood on everyone. The bleachers weren't too empty. People were spread out, clumped up together. He could feel a buzzing, a rushing, and the first drops on his shoulders from the blood fast dripping out his ears. The blood liked to start from a normal place, like his ears, and then quickly moved to spraying from mind-boggling places, like the very top of his head, or biblically, from his hands. Always a crowd pleaser. Its final form was a dominating cloud of blood spray, enveloping like a storm, incomprehensible to the mind in its manifestation. It would take a while to get to that level of performance, diva frenzy. The blood liked to quickly coat him so that he was instantly a scary, dripping blood man and not a regular guy just trying to deal with a chronic condition. He would get out of the ball field before the blood man could happen. 
he could still make it to the parking lot where there was no audience for the red rocket ready for takeoff. He wasn't listening, he wasn't listening, he wasn't listening. He wasn't listening. He needed to get to the forest where his real friends lived. <laughs> 